0: All right, we're going to get into the Word of God. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the power that is in your Word. Lord, as I prepare to, to, to give the Word of God, I ask that you would cause us to go into everyone's hearts like a, like a sword, Lord. Just begin to speak to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Awesome. All right. Well, this is what I want to speak to you about today. You know, we're living in the most uh, crazy times, as we probably say every single week. But I want to really help us all to focus on who we are in God and I want us to understand what God has for each and every one of us to do. Let me start. I'm going to give you a few scriptures so you may want to write them down as we go. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So when I read that, my automatic question is, how? How? How do you and I begin to walk in these things that God prepared beforehand? Well, I've come up with four points today that I want to really hit home. And so I want you to write down the scriptures and go back and look at them because I believe they're going to speak powerfully to us today. First of all, number one point is he knows you. He knows you. All right, let's go to John chapter 1, starting at verse 43. This is what it says. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And in another version in the Amplified, it says, In whom there is no guile, nor deceit, nor falsehood, nor duplicity. Now, what I see from this, and this is what I want us to grasp, this is going to be a really simple sermon. But you know what? The gospel is simple. I want you to remember he knows you. He, Jesus knew Nathaniel. He knew him as a person. He knew his personality. He knew what motivated. He knew the secret desires of his heart. He knew uh, what was going on in his life. He knew um, you know, the very context of how he viewed life. He said there was no deceit in this particular man. There's no guile. There's no falsehood. That's amazing. You know, when Jesus looks at you and I, he sees right into the very core of our being and he sees who we are. He knows who we are. So he knows you. He knew his name. He knew his, he saw Nathaniel and he knew him. All right. So number one, he knows us. I love how the Bible is so specific with people's names you know it's too easy even especially nowadays with the world in such a chaotic mess to feel like we are so insignificant in the in the scheme of things but when you look at the word of god it's so clear that he knows us he knows us so well he knows what is is driving us remember he's got good works prepared beforehand for each and every one of us so that we can walk in them all right so number 1 he knows you Number two, what's number two? He sees you. He sees you. Going on to verse 48, it says, Nathanael, this is John chapter 1, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Well, how is it that you actually know these things about me? Like Nathaniel was, you know, he was the one that had just said, does anything good come out of Nazareth? So he's kind of a little bit cynical. He's not, he doesn't just jump in emotionally. Like when you look at Peter, that's more what he's like. He's not like that. He's kind of a skeptical guy. He's an analytical guy. He's But there's no deceit in him. He's just watching stuff and looking at stuff and understanding that uh you know not all things add up and he says can anything good come out of Nazareth but then in verse 48 he says hang on how do you know me he's a straight shooter this guy I love it how is it that you know these things about me and Jesus answered and said to him before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree I saw you wow I saw you And Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. There's this instant faith response in this guy. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So not only do we see from this passage of Scripture that Jesus knows Nathanael, but we can also read that he actually can see him. He saw him. He saw him before Philip ever went and got him. We look at things in the natural and go, well, you know, Philip went and got him, so obviously he's bringing him to Jesus. But no, even before Philip went and got him, Jesus could see him. See, it's time for us to trust the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the person of God here on the earth right now. So we know that he knows us and we know that he can see us. Jesus could see him and he could see, he could tell him what was in his future. You know, it's amazing when it sort of reminds me of how Carvin came to our church. Carvin was, we met Carvin back in uh, 2010 when we went to America and uh, we probably felt a little bit like Philip, you know. We, Philip spoke to Nathaniel, and then Nathaniel came into the life of, of, of what, what was happening with him at that time, with, with Philip. When we met Carvin, God sort of used our connections, and next thing we know he's met Anna, who you just saw leaving worship this morning. It was amazing. And uh, thank you, Anna. Good to have you on board again. And um, ended up getting married, and here he is living in Australia. Now, we could look at that and go, well, you know, we found Carvin, Carvin found Anna, then he ended up over here. But you know what? Not only does God know Carvin, but God could see what was in Carvin's heart and see what his future held. Back in 2003, listen to this prophecy that Carvin received. And I will remove you from this nation, being America, for a season. I will send you to another place. And God says in that other place I will speak to young men and young women and raise up the apostles of the people of this hour, therefore rejoice. Wow. There's us thinking that it was just a natural thing that happened. We met him in 2010. But clearly, just like Jesus with Nathaniel, he saw and he already orchestrated Carvin's path way before, seven years before we even met Carvin. Isn't that amazing? See, he knows us. He knows what motivates us. He knows what's really in us. And he also sees us and understands the beginning from the end. Why? Because he's got good works prepared beforehand for you and I to walk in them. This is so simple. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to help us step into everything God has for us. Amen? All right, so he knows us, he knows you, and he sees you. What's the next one? Are you ready for this one? This is a highly theological statement. Are you ready? He can reach you over the internet. Okay, that's point three. He can reach you over the internet. I'll tell you biblically why. Do you want to hear? You're thinking, "Die!" I don't know how you're going to tell me this from a biblical point of view. All right, are you ready? I'll, I'll take you up on that challenge. Matthew 8, starting at verse 5, this is what it says. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, A centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus is prepared to go and help uh, this guy, this this, uh, Roman centurion. And verse 8 says, But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just Say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Okay, what's this got to do, Diane? Diane? With the internet. Well, clearly, the Word of God doesn't, we don't even need to be in each other's uh, surroundings. We don't need to be one on one with each other. Clearly, the Word of God is powerful if we will reach out and receive it by faith. This is an example. Jesus thought He was uh, inviting him to come and lay hands on him, just like we when we do at church when we're gathered together and we lay hands. The Bible says to do that, but there's another option for faith, and that is trusting in the power of the Word of God only. And I'm telling you, it's exactly what I was just saying in, in the in the uh, announcement before about the building, the Word of God is so powerful that when we've done our DMS online, we've watched people get delivered. We've watched people get transformed. And that's why we're just going for it again. We're going to be doing it again over the internet because I know that the Word of God is so powerful. It can touch you even in your room, even on your own. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And the proof is here. Because he, he believed that, Jesus was able to heal uh, his servant who was paralyzed at home. He was healed without Jesus ever going to him and laying hands on him. Guys, this is how powerful the word of God is. And more than ever before in this season, this is what we need. Number one, we need to know you and I, let's go over it again. You need to know he knows you. If you're a mum at home, if you're, you've just lost your job, you're a, you're a breadwinner for your family or if you're a single mom, or if you're, it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in in life, he knows you. Not only that, he sees you even before you ever came to him and put your trust in him. Before Nathaniel even came to Jesus, Jesus already saw him. Jesus is watching everything by the power of his Holy Spirit. He sees you. And number three, his word will touch you where you are at right now in the middle of this, this uh, virus in the middle of this lockdown, his word will touch you and transform you. If you and I will bury ourselves in the simplicity of the word of God. Go back to the gospels. Go back and reread the gospels. Listen to the heart of Jesus again. Listen to the heart because that is he is God in the flesh. He is the word of God in the flesh to you and I. Understand his nature by reading about him. It's amazing. You know, just even the other day, I was, I was up really early. It was still dark. And I was just praying in the lounge room and I began to pray the Lord's Prayer that my mum taught me as a little girl and it's all in King James English. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I began to say, recite the whole thing because it's embedded in my in my memory. And as I begin to, I just said it over and over, just remembering the simplicity of the Word of God. And I just began to cry. And I began to say it again and again and again. And I, then I slowed it right down and I took every line and I, and I began to declare it and pray into each sentence. It was so powerful. I was on my own in the dark, in the lounge room, speaking out the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. You know, the Word of God will minister to you. It will speak to you because it is living and it is active and it is sharper than any two-edged sword and it is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, it is able to separate the soul from the spirit. And when I began to pray that, I can tell you now, it separated all the soulish, fearful, anxious thoughts that may have been trying to consume me. And suddenly the the Spirit of God and the Word of God in my spirit began to well up. That Word, the Lord's Prayer, just speaking it out loud, praying it to the Lord. I was so moved. I just began to cry. Do it, guys. We don't, even in this season when we cannot be together, when we can't physically lay hands on you, when we can't physically hug you, you know what? The word of God is is one breath away. It's one word away from you speaking it out and bringing that sense of revival to your own heart that you need, that you and I need. We need this, guys. Every single day, we need this. Okay? All right, and the fourth thing, what is the fourth thing? Even in societal turmoil and societal upheaval, God will bless you. Even when we're surrounded by society's turmoil, God can bless you and I. Let's look at Genesis 26. Amazing. We are clearly living in societal upheaval and turmoil. Genesis 26 verse 1. We'll start from there. This is what it says. Now there was a famine in the land. Besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I tell you. Okay, now before we read on, this is interesting because if you compare it to Genesis 12 verse 10, when Abram, it says there, now there was a famine in the land. Similar situation, similar societal upheaval there was a famine in the land but this is what abram did this was before he was called abraham before the covenant was made so abram went down to egypt to sojourn there for the famine was severe in the land all right so now we see the man abram who has not yet made a covenant with god when there was a famine he went down to egypt to sojourn there But then we see now in Genesis 26, we start to see the principle of a man who is already in the covenant with God. He's already under that Abrahamic covenant, okay? Now, let's see what God says to him in verse 3 of Genesis 26. He says, sojourn in this land and I will be with you. Hang on, what land? The land that there's this incredibly ridiculous famine in. That's the land. Sojourn in this land where there's famine, where there's heartache, where there's societal trauma and upheaval. But then he goes on to say, And I will be with you, and I will bless you. Now listen to this. For to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. So God gives the covenant to Abraham but he establishes the covenant with Isaac and to the generations after him. Woo! Guys, This is what it looks like to be covenant people, which you and I are now. And he goes on to say in verse 4, he starts to say what is going to happen as he establishes that covenant. He says, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, kept my commandments, kept my statutes and my laws. Woo! That moves me so much. Abraham was given the covenant because he, he believed in God and he obeyed the word of God. And because of that, the blessing went to Isaac, his son, and to all the generations after him. And he says, I'm going to multiply your descendants. They're going to be like the stars of heaven. I'm going to give all your descendants these lands. Wow. So when God said that to Isaac, he didn't move. He stayed. And verse 6 says, so Isaac lived in Gerar. Isn't that amazing? This is what it looks like as covenant people. We can literally stay in a place of famine and we can reap because it goes on to say in verse 12 of Genesis 26, now Isaac sowed in that land. What land? The land that was in famine. But read, read this. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold. whoo And the Lord blessed him. He reaped in famine. Guys, in societal turmoil, God will bless us if we will trust him, if we will believe in him, if we will just be like Nathaniel and come to Jesus and go, I believe. I believe who you say you are. I put my trust in you. Yes, you know me. Yes, you can see me. Yes, I've had prophecies. Yes, all these things. But that doesn't matter anything if I don't trust in you, Lord Jesus. But I'm going to trust you. And I'm not just going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your word. I'm going to trust in your word. It's just me and you right now, word of God. Because that's where we're left right now. And you know what? We will see God bless us. We will see God bless us when everything else around us is in turmoil, we will see the blessing of God. Why? So that we can then become an incredible blessing. It's not so that we get fat and rich and, and uh, you know like prosper in a, in a soul perspective just for the sake, for our own sakes. No, it's so that we can then become a blessing on every level, in every area to people around us. It is meant to glorify God when we live a life like that. So, guys, come on. Isaac sowed in that land of famine, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And it goes on to say, now obviously this is in the area of physical wealth, but God wants us to reap on every level. And it says the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. So this is what I'm believing for. I'm believing in the context of the scripture that I read out at the beginning from Ephesians, which was, and I'll read it out to you again, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we, you and I, are his workmanship, just like Philip was, just like Nathaniel was, yeah? You and I are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. In that context, in the context of that, let's believe for this season that whatever we're facing, God is going to move. Whatever it is that you're, that you're needing in your life right now, as an individual, there, there will be many different kinds of needs. Maybe you're needing healing, physical healing. I know of some serious physical healings that are needed right now, right at this very moment. I know of financial needs that need to be met right at this very moment. There are so many different... I know of marital needs that need help right at this very moment. And even as us as a church... We're we're believing that God is going to bless us in the midst of a famine, so-called a societal famine. We're believing that God is going to bless us. And so I want us all to join together. Whatever our needs are, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God that in this time of, of famine, so to speak, I say that in inverted commas, in this time of distress, in this time of distress around us, you and I do not need to live in distress. Even though it is surrounding us, we don't need to live in it. Okay? As a church, even though things are distressful around us, but I believe we're gonna see God bless abundantly as we step out into the water. We're gonna watch God part the way, it's like with Joshua. Amen. Like we mentioned in the in the in the announcements. Guys, I believe this is a whole it is a new season. I mean, it doesn't really take a prophet to say that. We can all see that. We can all feel the sense of change and things shifting. But I, I believe that as we look to Him and we trust in Him and we know that He knows me, we know that He knows you, you and I can rest assured that He sees us. He saw us even before we presented our problems and our issues to Him. His word can speak to us. We don't need to be anxious that we can't get together as a church yet. We can't be anxious that we can't get together even as life groups yet. We can't let anxiety do that. Because just like the Roman centurion said, no, you just speak the word. And my servant, who's somewhere else completely, will be healed. When we have the word of God operating in our hearts, things can change regardless of where we're at. And fourthly, let's expect Let's expect that God is going to bless us in this season of turmoil. Amen. So whatever your needs are, and I'm going to ask the music team to start getting ready. They can can finish with a final song. Before we do that, we're going to pray, okay? Before we do that, I want to pray for each and every one of you. And, um, and also I want to pray for us as a church. I know Brown prayed before, but we're going to pray just like the Roman centurion, that the Word of God will come and, and do the work in all of our lives for whatever area that we're believing for, all right? So let's close our eyes and let's pray. And uh, the music team can get ready and, and take over once I say amen. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring all the needs before you right now. Lord, there are some people that are feeling anxious. There are some people who are feeling... Uh, unwell. There are some people who are very, very sick. There are some people who have lost their jobs. Father, I don't want to go on with the list, but there are so many different needs in, in people's lives who are watching right now. I ask that you would move by your power. Lord, we trust you. We know that you know us. We know that you you, you know our character, our personality. We know that you see us even, even before we even understand things ourselves. You already see the path and the journey that you want to take us on. You see the good works that have been provided prepared beforehand. Lord, you prophesied over Calvin seven years before he even met anyone from Australia, Lord. And even then, he had choices to make. Anna had choices to make. But Lord, your will has been done, Heavenly Father, and we are the recipients of that blessing. And Lord, there are so many things in all of our lives, Lord, that we are still working towards and still walking towards. We haven't seen the fulfillment, but Father, we can be like Nathaniel. We can trust in you. We can trust in your word. We can trust in who you Say you are. And Lord, we put our trust in the Word of God, the Word of God, which is living and it is active, Father. And so, Father, I pray that even this week, as we go into a time of prayer and fasting, that not only are we praying for the needs of our church, but even as individuals, Lord, give us specific scriptures that we can stand on, that we can believe. And Father, we can um, absolutely agree with the promises of God that you've given to each and every one of us. And Lord, for our church, we believe, Lord, as we step out out into the water that you are going to provide Father, we don't know how but all we know is that we can put our eyes on you and we believe Lord that in a time of famine, in a time of of societal change and upheaval God you will bless your people because Lord we are covenant people, so Father i Thank you, Lord, for the covenantal blessings that are over each and every one of us. Seal it now by the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen and amen. All right, guys, have the most incredible week. We're going to head, off, head out now with a song. Thank you for putting up with all our little tweaking today as we get used to this setup, but hey good times ahead. Love you all. And don't forget, pray and fast this week. All right. Love you guys.